Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 248, Episode 5 of the Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is, this is, this is a production where we take a deep dive into, I said a production, a podcast, where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Friday, August 5th. 2022 if you're cel- if you're celebrating 85 trying to stay alive just so you know it's national oyster day national underwear day and national water balloon day i'm not going to shout out national work like a dog day because fuck that especially if you toiling for somebody else so <laughs> if anything work like a fucking however the fuck you want today anyway celebrating those are fantastic days you you, you fuck with any of those things on the national Congress? Uh yeah 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 I fuck with I fuck with work like a dog day you know what I'm saying because I believe in hard work and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps yeah Maka, baby Maka. By, by your dog straps <laughs> <laughs> by your dog pull yourself up by your dog straps <laughs> which is I guess the scruff of your own neck yeah, that makes yeah, more exactly. sense like I can conceive of like yep like yeah, yeah, yeah. bootstraps I don't have a bootstrap I don't wear boots but I got yeah. a neck I got neck gruff. Yeah, you well, that's, isn't that? I hate to, but isn't no, that the origin of the? Uh, that's the the whole original statement yeah. of pull yourself up by your bootstraps right. was meant it's to be like because you can't, you right. can't do that, yeah. right? And you we're like, no, nah, yeah. no, nah, that's perfect. Exactly, you can't do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> you can't. Though. You can't lift yourself <laughs> out of a problem Wait. that is systemic. That's it. You <laughs> yeah, can't. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, also, what's oh, the strap yeah. on the boot? I don't know what the strap on the boot is. Even if I had boots, I ain't never seen the strap. Isn't it like those weird little hoops like at the top? Yeah, to help you get your little foot in your little boot. Yeah, yeah. I get you. Okay, all right. And even then, I'm like, fine. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not. I'm like, oh, okay. That's okay. You're right. I will. I will continue to toil. Anyway, I am Miles Gray, aka 
hostesses show your miles of gray. Host us the daily zeitgeist. Jack may not be here to get the dates clear, but for second rate pods, you're all right. Miles is high, high, highly high, high. He's so fucking high. Okay, anyway, shout out to Christy Yamaguchi, man, at Waffle House. You heard us talking, Billy Joel. He came through with the Piana Man. Piana Man. Okay, we're not doing TR. But anyway, uh, oh, wait, no, that's Lil Wayne, Fireman, is what I was thinking about. Who is my guest co host? Well, you heard me shout him out already. I said, Jaquise, what do you think? So then you already know it's the brilliant and talented writer, producer, podcaster, actor, improviser, host of Comedian Family Feud. If you are in LA, you must go see the show because it is fantastic. Like I said, please welcome Mr. Jackie Steele. You remind me of a game that I once knew. Mm. See your face whenever sight gang looks at you. Ooh. Won't believe all of the things jockeys can do. <laughs> and this is why you say I fuck with you. Ooh. Oh, what up, Negroes? How we doing tonight, today, this afternoon, Wherever this morning? Yeah. Whenever you're listening, how are you? I it's a beautiful it's a beautiful day. I woke up this morning at 5 a.m. with severe stomach pain yeah stomach stomach pain to call you my mom i called my mom that's how bad wow it was holla at your mama pain it was holla at your mama pain it was i'm 35 years old and i was like mama yeah (laughs) honestly that's the most haunting part of saving private ryan i remember when i saw when i was like 13 or 14 in theater and that guy on the beach in d-day he's like his shit is busted man his guts are spilled out he's like mama yeah and i was like (laughs) And Giovanni Ribisi also says it in Private Ryan. And I was like, this shit, I yeah. don't know why Mama Pain, holler for your Mama Pain, gets Man, freaks It gets you. It yeah. gets you. That's the pain I have, but I'm feeling all right right now. Okay. We okay. here. We got a dope-ass guest. I say, I say, let's bring him in. I say, let's do it. Maybe you can recover. Hit him on back. Well, How do you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, but first, <laughs> we got to introduce our guest. You're right. This is a fantastic comedian, Zeit Gang, you love the fuck out this person because of their maybe their fantastic creativity with t-shirts their fantastic creativity with comedy uh i don't know i mean you heard them everywhere crap uh, i said crap cracked podcast that maybe works. two dope queens uh maybe npr snap judgment or maybe the daily zeitgeist maybe you've gone to this fantastic website called guaranteeshirts.com where you can find some of the best damn t-shirts that are made by one person or a couple people who are no one person who has paid very fairly to themselves a small business in the truest sense and a fantastic guest in the truest sense and a funny person in the truest sense. Please welcome Caitlin Gill. Oh, welcome to the skate park. Make way for Granny. I got all the moves you want. Grandma can Ollie. Grandma, she can run. Grandma, she can slide. Grandma's been right in the half pipe longer than you've been alive. Yes. Welcome. Come on. Yes. Okay. Welcome to the skate park. To the skate park. Please don't skip your. There it is. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was, I was, that was right there. I was like, where are we going for the knees? I know. Part? <laughs> I, lost my, I lost my little melody right in the middle. I, I know. That's all right. You got it. You got no, it I back. Happens. You got it but back. I try, I, think... I try. I hope I rose to the you occasion. Know. Hey, <laughs> there it is. We're back. Rose to the Full occasion. Recovery. <laughs> Caitlin Gill, 
What's new? How's the desert? How's guarantee shirts? How's all, how's that life? Everything's beautiful. Yeah. I am, uh, as listeners may know, on my uh, compound in the desert. Mm-hmm. I did have a friend mm. stop by and think for the first time, which is very sweet. Uh, and she thought the compound was somehow an exaggeration or some kind of just whim, a willy joke. like I was referring to my yard. No, it's five acres of, of desert madness that we are slowly reclaiming into some kind of sanity. But yeah. it's been really fun. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love Tearing that. Down sheds, rebuilding, got my greenhouse going. Okay, the garden coming, compost, composting. That's going. Composting. On. I love. I wish this life for everyone. Like, and whether yeah. it's, whether it's on the you know, and, and whether it's on the desert or wherever you want it to be, but like just the life where you can say, I am going to go out and just live my life in mm-hmm. the exact way I want. Like I personally, I would love to have that like on a beach house. And Ooh, just yeah. say, like, this is my little spot. What would I do? Yeah, like, how would you, like, because I think about that all the time, right? Like, if you're like, yeah. okay, could I just go somewhere and just be like, I want to live here more than I want to do some other shit. So, like, right. I could definitely scale back what I do and focus on one thing that I'm like, okay, could I be a fisherman? Or how do I, yeah. how do I exist on the beach? Would you, what are you going to do? Are you going to teach improv I would classes? Do, or? I would, no, <laughs> I would do nothing. I would do nothing. I, I very much think that, like, if I can amass enough grace and money in my career, I'm going to definitely go old actor route and just retire at like 55 or 60 mm-hmm. and live my life and then come do a movie again when I'm 80 and die. Like, like, come do like coming back to the screen for the first time in 30 years and then get Oscar nominated and then pass away before the Academy Awards. Like, that feels like the ultimate the Betty White life. get on the cover of people for your 100th birthday and yes. check out at 99 style yeah that's yes. very good yes oh. absolutely like Betty absolutely that master time how many days short was Betty to 100 like oh it was, like, was like a, a week course, right? it was really close yeah yeah <laughs> Sorry, they though. jinxed they jinxed their ass they jinxed Betty <laughs> you can't like they had oh, TV she saw specials. timing she saw an opportunity she saw yeah she right exactly. even let her survive without it's a timing art for sure she's mm-hmm. like oh for real watch this she says uh, like let me go ahead and stop drinking water yeah. <laughs> death the best comedian of all right yeah. <laughs> the ultimate light death when you get it. that one it's your time okay caitlin before we yes. get to know even better we are going to tell people what we're talking about just have to check in with florida uh, Ron DeSantis continues the culture war. This time, uh, he's he's talking about drag queens and veterans for di- very different reasons, uh, but for, with the same originary stress point, which is <sighs> what what about our kids? And we'll get into that. Then a quick update on the Alex Jones thing. I know we talked about what happened in court, and I read the court transcript of what happened after we recorded. The video came out. The video is even fucking Gene Wilder, (laughs) if I may, because watching his face as he realizes his whole shit's been fucked up is is pretty amazing. And there's a little more detail to that that we have. So we'll go over that. We'll talk about that and much more, I'm sure. But first, Caitlin, what's something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Uh, Yesterday, I swapped out my car's alternator. Oh, shit. So Ooh. my search history on like every possible platform is just like how to alternator. And I realized that I had a very specific problem and that I was searching for my car's alternator, which means I was typing in 2013 Honda yeah. Fit alternator. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now the internet can go a couple different directions with a search like that. And one of them is to show me responses that are applicable to my Honda Fit. And the other is to read that sentence as 2013 
fit alternator. Like, <laughs> right, essentially, right. I got every search result that involved the word Honda and right. fit. Right. So mm. if an alternator fit a Honda Accord, well, I got Whoa, that search response shit. too. Right. So it was my search history is very, it's just different sentences trying to me. But you, <laughs> I'm you sure got there, there was some kind of bracketing or like a quotation marking I could have done to better delineate my yeah. search criteria. Well, you can, right. But keyboard. instead of learning, I just smashed the keyboard angrily with different combinations of those words until yeah. I found a video. Did you of, do a keyword search? No, I mean, I just from, yelled at the search bar. I, I didn't say I was watching the rehearsal, the Nathan <laughs> Fielder show. I actually have not. No. There's this there's this Christian woman that's like kind of like one of the main characters right now. But there's like this scene. It's not much of a spoiler where she just talks about how like she's against Halloween. Oh, sure. Because she's, uh-huh. she's so Christian. And she's like, you mm-hmm. know, because it's a Satanist thing. And Nathan Fielder's just like, is it like, I don't. I don't think it is. I just Googled that and I didn't see that that's what came up. And she was so smugly like, well, did you do a keyword search? And it's like, (laughs) I love that. Like, that's the mindset of like contrarian people who like when the information that they like that they think is out there, isn't there like, well, then I got a brute force keyword search. So I'm only going to find the confirmation bias (laughs) shit that's out there. So anyway, yeah. Keyword search. How was how, how easy was the change in the alternator? Relatively easy. I did have assistance from a buddy who was good at such things. So it is very nice. When I say I did it, I mean, I helped my friend do it and carry beverages and reach for some tools, took some pictures, did some video hunt. No, it was a team effort. And I, I was on the I was on the team. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Absolutely. was relatively easy. It's, you know, held in by like three screws. You got to get a belt off and then you got to get that all back on. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is wild. Like, honestly, YouTube, if you have oh, yeah. the patience and the time, oh, yeah. you have the patience and the time and, and, and more the patience because you know you'll probably fuck up like once or twice oh, yeah. or whatever. But if you have the patience and the time, you can literally build a car on YouTube. Like with YouTube, <laughs> like it's it's kind of insane how much like auto work is online for you to just replicate. 100%. I just taught myself screen printing in the last two years <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> from every step, just like what to buy, how to do it, how to do it when you screw up, what, how not to screw up, how to do it good. Just every step. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just looked on YouTube. I said Honda Fit alternator change. And I was like, oh, yeah. shit, there it dip. See, here we go. That's yeah. every, I mean, I learned, I think about too, like even how that changes sports too. Like mm-hmm. we see kids playing sports now where like basketball players have all kinds of skills that you used to think was just at one position. Or you see, like, just in general, kids are, like, now even learning more technique just by passively, like, ingesting YouTube and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I just think of, like, all the things I missed out on by not having YouTube, but also what I was saved from by not having YouTube as a child. Yeah. So it's a double-edged sword. Sure. It requires yeah. some media literacy to use appropriately. Yeah, because I feel like I would be get, get caught into, like, how to do the Sham God dribble, mm. like, YouTube videos as a kid, and then end up on, like, some Alex Jones shit. Where yeah, that algorithm is just, like, it just creeps. Yeah. It knows how to just They're like, you. oh, Sham God? Oh, your God is a sham? Welcome <laughs> to the hell pit. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Infowars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's something you think is underrated, Caitlin? Underrated the sunrise. Mm. I think Dawn gets a bad rap because it's yeah. early. And listen, get up, look at it, go back to bed. You're a, you're free. 
Go watch the movement of your planet bring a star into view and then just Mm -hmm. go lay down. Why? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. This makes sense. Out, you're you're, since you're you're a desert dweller now, you're getting some nice views, I'm sure. You're getting getting some good ass star nights. Oh, yeah. Well, so the the thing I do out here, uh, I do astronomy tours at night. I have a little job, I take a little laser out, point it at stars, know all the stars' names now. I can draw constellations and stuff. It's fun. You want to know deep space facts? I will tell them to you or tell you oh, I don't yeah. know them humorously. That is All my right. skill set that I'm bringing to the table. But okay, I learned so quickly, and I, I'm usually pretty good at not knowing things, too. I'm not lying when I say <laughs> when next time I'm out there, I'm, I'm going to hit you up. And I'm going to be like, oh, hey, it's yeah. fucking stars Shit. real quick. Oh, on your Milky Way with two telescopes and a bunch of snacks, oh. nice chairs. Come on. It's pretty good. Okay. All right. I All right. love astronomy. It is like if 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 I was to go into another field... And besides just like the workforce or entertainment and like go to another career that I could dedicate my life to, it would have been astronomy. For real? Were you like oh, yeah. those space like astronaut wannabe kids? I, I was. I had a telescope and everything when I was oh, like up so until fun. like early adult. It was just beautiful. I mean, it's space is Did you very see that, that interesting to me. The cartwheel galaxy yes. picture from the James Webb. Maybe Webb's. underrated. Is James Webb underrated? I uh, I'll throw that in Aren't as a people, little star. I hope people are really jazzed about it. If you're yeah, not jazzed yeah. about Webb, it's a good time to get jazzed about Webb. Right, sure. right, right. I know people are being like James Webb, the person, well, debatable. I'm well, like, well, okay, look, sure, you know, any person from yeah. fifty years, ago, seventy years ago, from you know, I get that. Just let's focus on the motherfucking pictures, please. I do mm-hmm. agree. Like there are also. Okay, so I did watch the release without, you know, I won't, I could, I, I won't go too deep, but I did watch the release when they ended, put out the initial first five photos, and it yeah. was adorable watching NASA try to handle this like multimedia, multi-continental live release event. Right. They tried so hard, and look, Zoom isn't easy exactly, mm-hmm. but this isn't something un. It's not doable. rocket science, and I'm not surprised that they just picked name and telescope. Uh, Hubble is also named after a person, but that person was named Hubble. So really has a pop, you know, (laughs) like Webb just doesn't come with the same. It doesn't have the same kind of. Definitely not in our interweb era for sure. But get into it. Yeah. If you're not looking at web stuff, I, oh man. So please do. Yeah. I've, I like, I feel like that's like a, I don't know. I took like a mental vacation, just staring very deeply at that and feeling so small. I'm like, that's what I come for. To do you want to, do you want to help small. with that? We're not small. We're that the universe is exactly the size it has to be to make us. If we're sure, sure. a representation Ooh. of all this elemental complexity, it takes all that room for all those stars to, to live and then go bluey and then cool off and then get reformed again. So we are a reflection of the size of the universe. Our size it's like not that. so small. I, we, I think I use that to give myself perspective. Right. It in helps. terms of like decentering myself from my own, you know, my own oh, worldview. Oh, but oh yeah. you still don't matter in the terms of the Yeah, universe. yeah, that's what I mean. I don't fucking matter. I but, ain't small right, though. Yes. Thank you. A Look, lot of people I don't matter, but I'm not small. <laughs> but it's okay. It's supposed to be that big. We are the size we are because it is that big. Very simplistically. But yeah, this sounds like something that's... a lot of men would need to hear. 
It's not strong. That's the only it's thing. Big. It's the right size. It needs to be based on the fucking universe. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. No, okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. Oh, nah, I man. Dead. I still want it to be big. I still want it to be big. That's what <laughs> yeah. I mean. Fuck all that, man. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. shit to be jumbo. Fuck that, man. I want this. Shit. I want my. I want my. I want my solar system to be big. <laughs> We're jumbo. humans, man. Inches still matter for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh shit. Uh, and then finally, what is something you think is overrated, Caitlin Gill? Okay. Okay. So in spite of being jazzed about Hubble. I'm going to say the thing that's overrated is the 90s. I'm worried. Oh. There's a creeping sense of 90s nostalgia just walking through the culture like it's totally oh, it's no here. big deal. And I'm like, I don't know, 90s. I remember. I was there. I remember the, the, I remember the fashion. I remember. Mm-hmm. The, I'm a gay. Oh, I remember the movies. I remember. <laughs> I, you just can't. I was. I was. It wasn't. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't look, there was that summer or... where we all got to go to Jurassic Park a bunch. And I agree. That was really fun. But I don't think we can say that the whole decade was awesome and worth cosplaying. I just want to be cautious. I'm not saying your, it's so bad. what do you I know for, so what do you see? What are the parts are you like, well, you know, like, I, just I get, I get it, the like, fucking oh, trapper and keepers and oh, look at my little round glasses and my pants are boot cut now. And I know where this is going. And the hem of your pants is going to drag through the rain and it's going to tatter and fray. And the statues <laughs> okay. are chunky. And none of that is. And we can't get through the. I mean, yeah. Can I can just, I say can I say the parts that I uh, the I'm going to rattle off a list of because yes. like things like trapper keepers and shit like that, like. Uh, whatever i'm susceptible to this i just want to catch myself before i slide back in time so here's here's the parts of the 90s that i miss as a 90s kid i'm an 80s babies 90s kid right 81 yep yep i've seen 41 winters yes so like the things that like like i miss (laughs) (laughs) i've been on the wall for 41 winters The things I miss about necessarily or that are nostalgia to me about the sure. 90s aren't necessarily the fashion or anything like that is mostly just like entertainment. Like I grew up like Nickelodeon was like yeah. at its height during the wrestling. WWF was at its height during that time. And, and you know, just, and like things don't age well, but like uh, like even shit like like going to Pizza Hut used to be dope because it used to have like the. <laughs> The, the the salad buffet. bar and yeah. like and now pizza huts are all like all the restaurants are just like cookie cutter commercial like commercialized restaurants. I mean, pretty. I, I miss. I remember the nineties. I remember yeah. the nineties when people who 90s. were forty one were saying, "Yeah, but the seventies, the oh, music and the yeah. restaurants. McDonald's has gone downhill. You never had the beef fat fries and oh my god, I remember the Playlands and oh the highways. I had Everyone such big right. cars." Like that, we remember. We can find the reason. I'm just talking to yes. the youth, the children. Yes. Let them. We'll have our memories of what was good of the '90s, but don't <laughs> mm-hmm. don't listen to us. It was it was overall not an era you need. We to were relive. backwards I as mean, fuck. No oh, the error. movies in the '70s. They were so good. Dog <laughs> Day Afternoon. They just won't make that in 1994. Cut oh, to well, Reservoir Dogs. They right. never make that in 2022. Mind right. you, in 22 they're making Pause of Fury, which is supposed to be Blazing Saddles, which makes me angry deeply inside. So I'm not saying now is great. I'm just saying the '90s is overrated. Sure, yeah. sure. Wife well, totally get that. I think also too, like Jaquise, like I, I definitely, I feel you on like the media part of it, right? Because. But like the, there the, were more black shows in the nineties. Like there were, there were I feel dead. like I feel like black TV was better in the nineties than it is now. Like it's starting well, to now, get, but like yeah, because it used to be on network TV, whereas now it's like what smattering of streaming services do you need to have to support black TV or support yeah. anything that isn't just you know like traditional like sort of white driven media? 
But I think like the thing that I really missed was the idea that there were like fucking 60 fucking channels. Yeah. And I could just be like, fuck it, man. Like I'll passively ingest this propaganda right now because there's no commercials on because of the other shit. But yeah, I definitely like it's the the overload of options that really fucks with me like in adulthood too. Like I get overwhelmed That's the thing, by shit. I think. I'm like becoming nerd. I think, you know what, Caitlin, I think, and, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you. Like, I think, like, nostalgia tends to have us hype in our own eras more mm-hmm. than, like, and, and doing the same shit that we said. Man, I wish our parents would shut the fuck up. Like, we're doing the same shit. <laughs> yeah, like, watch us about to be like, oh, what y'all know about this, though? What y'all know yeah, about what this? what y'all know about this? Like, See? we do all the same yeah, shit. And, I'm like, this generation before, after us is going to do the same shit to the generations after them. Like, it's, all, it's a circle of life. Mm-hmm. But I do think, I think that... That the reason why the 90s probably gets looked at through, I mean, every decade does, but the 80s and 90s probably get looked at with rose-colored glasses a lot more, especially from our generation, is because I think it was the last generation and the last time frame and decade before the big technological boom, right? Like yeah. once the iPod came out in 2001, that was it. Technology took yeah, I mean, the fuck off after that, right? <laughs> 9-11, <laughs> the iPod, all that shit's like straight. Everything, that. everything stems from like 2001. That's when technology said, oh, Y2J didn't wipe us out? Great. Let's no, fucking not, go wait, forward. I think you just invoked Chris Jericho. Did oh, yeah, Y2K. Y2K. <laughs> Y2K. I mean Y2K, not Y2J. Not Chris Jericho. <laughs> I was like, wow, but, yo, you really Y2J and Y2J in the 90s think, was tight, wait, though. <laughs> but given that, right, the nostalgia, because the other thing that I think with the 80s and 90s, right, a lot of Gen Xers, boomers of the 80s because of Reagan and many people attain their wealth in the 80s so they love the 80s and like you know have this like spooky version of reagan in their mind that they love to name streets after and shit and then in the 90s as kids economy was like seemingly not fucked up enough where like the horrors of our imbalance like our inequalities were like front and center so i think that's like another part is like we just shed layers of innocence as we get deeper but i'm curious if like deeper kids like gen like what zoomers gonna be like man y'all weren't fucking with 2013 like, yeah. what? <laughs> like it's gonna be wild, man. About. I don't know. Uh, the nostalgia over that era is gonna be interesting to witness. Right. I'll be like 58. So nobody's gonna care what yeah. I have to say, but I will be yeah. fascinated. Right, right, right. I feel like there I feel like kids today aren't gonna have as much nostalgia just because like time moves quicker now than it did when we were kids. I'm, i I think they will, right? I feel like it's part of I mean, I guess so. it'll be for something different. It's not gonna be the same like show we all saw. But right, it'll yeah. be a vibe to right. you, you vibe. know, to use the problem. So like, you know, they'll, <laughs> they'll have had an experience like that, but they'll have watched it in video or they'll have enjoyed a show like that, but it'll be a different one or whatever. Right. So they'll know the feeling, which I think can evoke the same nostalgia. And that to even yeah. go with that, like True. the idea, like you were saying, like back in the 90s, like what you know about the 70s? And then yeah. you get like yeah. that 70s show. Well, guess, you know, now we're going to have that fucking 90s show. Which yeah, is so exactly. Wild. I know. I know. <sighs> it's funny. Fine, you know, but let better do it right. Die. Yeah, let seriously. Die. Let it. I love this. I love this overrated, though. I love this overrated. This is a good one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, got us. It's cautionary. It's it's not it's not with malice. It's just no, no, no. Right. Yeah, just cautionary. Yeah, it's absolutely. right. Yeah. I love and yeah, the aesthetic I kind of love, but sure. I still I'm waiting for the odds to fully come back because I have boxes of clothes in my mom's garage where I will look like the most fashionable motherfucker out here. 
They'll be like, I yeah. skimped it. I How went to college in Humboldt. I got a lot of old jackets, but that's, that's kind of oh. it. <laughs> wait, till I, wait till I put on a 3X Sean John t-shirt. My new look, Duluth Trading Company. If it doesn't have a crotch gusset, get the hell out of here. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm leaning. I'm bending. I have squatting. I do, love a, I do love a crotch gusset. I love oh. I, I absolutely need it for, uh, Liberation. for my pants. Yeah. It is a freedom. It. Can I also say? Yes, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan and the Bulls were in the '90s, so you know. Good what I'm times. Saying. I can't. Hey, no I can't. Going. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't diss my roots. But don't worry. Saying, no one. You know. No one was gonna come at you. And be like, really, Jackies? <laughs> Fucking MJ and the Bulls. All my, all my Chicago people. Don't think I. Ain't, don't think you know. I didn't know that part revoked? was about the '90s too. Yeah, know? yeah. I don't do that. I'm myself. an Oakland A's fan. Just to acknowledge <laughs> that I know about eras that are, are in the past. I know that okay. sometimes you have to. Although I have no idea, are they doing good? How are the A's doing? <laughs> the A's are not doing great. They're not nah. doing great. <laughs> In my heart, winners. Yeah. Winners. Always. You know what? Just think of Ricky Henderson and Dennis Eckersley. That's you know right. I mean? yes. The Bass Brothers. Your baby. You know, think, think of the Bass Brothers. That was great, man. That was, I was a good young. time. Though. I didn't know that they could be weird jerks. I didn't know. So the Bass <laughs> Brothers were very exciting at the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ricky, man. Is, was, are they okay? Oh, are they yeah. Not people we got to cancel? Like, Dennis Eckersley, like, I would believe, like, he was, like, there on January 6th, you know, because his whole style, like, I was like, oh, what's, what's he about? But I'm sure he's all right. I don't know. Oh, he's from Oakland? Okay. He's got to be all right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Eck. Uh, Let us know if you guys a Dennis Eckersley update, please, uh, Zai Kang. uh, Hit us up. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back to talk about Florida. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture 
culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Let's check in with Florida, Sunshine State. Um, Ron DeSantis, their governor, and, you know, someone who's got Donald Trump looking over his shoulder. He is, you know, he continues his culture war at full steam, as I think it's part of his, you know, brand building is to always be like, yeah, I'm going to make this a big issue and make a big fuss about it and try and oppress people just for being who they are. And the rights obsession with groomers has recently spilled over, as we've seen, into a panic over drag queens, whether it's, you know, drag queen library book time or in this case, drag brunches in the state of Florida. And at first we were talking about like teachers, Ron DeSantis and like a lot of people were accusing teachers of fucking being groomers because they deigned to acknowledge the existence of trans or gay people on earth. Uh, and that was always being used as like a prod to keep people outraged. Were you going to say something, Caitlin? Oh, no, I was just gasping at the notion oh, oh. of gay people existing. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, oh, that was an odd guess. Seriously, Pens right? me? So two different issues, uh, but still sort of like being energized by this core belief that anything that's about accepting anybody means you're a groomer. Like, that's that's pretty much how they're looking at things. So let's start with the drag queens. He has really had it out for anything that isn't normative, cishet activity, he recently lost it after seeing like a TikTok video where a five-year-old girl was at brunch, like with her, I, don't, I, mean, I think her parents, 
Uh, it was a drag brunch, having fun, just enjoying the sights because it's a good fucking time. And DeSantis had to process this moment through his like crystal fascist brain. I was like, and he's like, these parents are dangerous. This restaurant is a den of iniquity and must be punished. And so the restaurant in question is now currently in a battle with the state to keep their liquor license because Ron DeSantis was like, yo, they, they like, what am I seeing here? A drag brunch that's being what they said being marketed towards children because they had a kid's menu for the drag brunch. It's being market. So this is now a drag because we all know six year olds love going to go on the fucking brunch. Yeah, they don't. But OK. Yeah. And so, oh, in part of trying to get this liquor license revoked, they basically like evoked this old Supreme Court decision that was like aimed at like in the 40s aimed at what the time was like called a female impersonator show. And this was something that was like super campy. And in fact, like local politicians, senators and shit even went to these shows. But at the time, some of the local, you know, closed minded people were like, it's again, following a very similar pattern we see today, which is first going, it's a public nuisance. It's lewd and indecent. And because of that, it's causing our children to slip into delinquency. Those are the words used back then. And pretty much the same sort of scare tactics are being used now. And that, again, so because of this, they were just forced to close down. They were sort of like going back and forth with the government saying, we'll clean this up. Oh, OK, we'll do this. Da, da, da. It ultimately ended with it getting shut down. So that's what they're referring to, to try and shut this place down. And it's never been used as grounds to shut down a club prior to that. This is just something Ron DeSantis's goon army had to try and find like some grounds to try and afflict pain on this place that parents brought their kids to, which, again, I I think most people would bring up as they see this. DeSantis is always about parents' rights when it's about vaccines or like what they teach in schools. But in this instance, it's not about what a parent thinks is appropriate or fine for their own child to go to a drag brunch. But this isn't about like consistency of thought. This is just coordinated yeah. oppression disguised as quote unquote policy. So that's, you know, no need to get up in arms about the hypocrisy of it all. Cause it's not a uh, hypocrisy. They want, they want one world to look a very specific way. Yeah. I, I listen, you know, I, we live in a world where things aren't surprising anymore. Still infuriating. but not surprising. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And and I don't necessarily know if that's a good place to be, especially as a member of an oppressed group where you're just not surprised by shit anymore. Right. Yeah. But, you know, so I, I sometimes I try to look at these things from a perspective of what are you fighting against? Right. Like you're you're fighting against motherfuckers having waffles and orange juice and watching people you know, for lack of a better term, dress up? Like, that's, like, what? Yeah. What? Like, I, I don't, I, I don't understand, like, what the cruise, I mean, I understand it, and I get yeah. the, uh, you know, the homophobic and transphobic and the hatred of anybody but straight white men and mostly straight white women as well. Like, I get, you know, why, you know, these things are being bought up and happening, but it's also like, bruh, these motherfuckers, like, these motherfuckers, like, let these niggas eat their Belgian waffles, man, like, like, come on, like, just stop, 
Stop. Right. And I also wonder too, like, and Caitlin, I, I, I definitely want you to get in here, but no? I also want, I also wonder too, like, is Florida a lost cause? You know, like, because I, you know, growing up, my first election was the 2000 election, right? And, you know, Florida has been at the top of the top of the political world in the United States ever since then, it seems like. Right. But it always seemed like it was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It could be or it couldn't be. It could be or it couldn't be. And I'm I'm wondering, like, all this shit that this man is doing and like, like, is Florida lost now where this is just who they are? Like he is going to be in office or somebody like him is going to be in office or are the people in Florida who are not Republican, conservative or just straight psychopaths saying like, we can't wait to get this nigga out of office. Like I, I, I have no barometer. Maybe somebody knows better than I do, but I, I mean, it's I not, just Florida wonder. isn't bright red. You know, it's not it's it's yeah. it's, per, it's a it's a swing state. But I guess so. But the, like, they've you know, take, the last two elections, they voted red, you know? Yeah. But Biden lost by less than three and a half points. That's true. In 2020. You know what I mean? And there there's a lot, you know, they've 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 done a lot to try and disenfranchise people there. But so there's That's always true. that going along with it. I hate to think any place is a lost cause when I know there are people of like good conscience living there. Yeah. But I get what you mean. Like when you look at the, how the state house is moving and how the, the governor moves that you're like, what the fuck is this? And it really is just energizing a small group. But there are plenty of people who are just as outraged and tired of this kind of shit as well. Yeah. You had a bush in that in that state house from 99 to 2007. Florida is very tightly managed in terms of voter access. Right. Mm -hmm. Florida is, I mean... Without having done extensive research pre-podcast, I wouldn't be surprised if my suspicions were confirmed that Florida is pretty tightly gerrymandered and has been for some oh, time, yes. both yeah. to get job in power and then after jobs in power. Yeah. You have a lineage like that of deceptively brilliant uh, tacticians politically uh, mm -hmm. who are very good at something Ron Santos is doing. It sounds different, but it's the same trick where they're using the, the mechanisms of government very effectively while making you think about something else with Jeb. Right. I, I mean, with the Bushes in general, George is perhaps a good example of like the her, her and it, you know, the whole time it, the machine is working very efficiently. Right. The scary thing about what DeSantis is doing, he, I don't believe this is a person with beliefs. So I don't think DeSantis has any opinion about anything anything yeah. he's, he's a, a void. creature he's a, exactly a psych yeah. a weird psychopath void but he the, the power that he wants to eat up he makes noise about gay issues and that freaks people out who have a problem with that but what's really happening is he's using mechanisms of government very effectively to limit freedom and bodily autonomy and no matter what oppressed group you are part of, that is dangerous. Yeah. And Shakis, you are in the oppressed group that knows exactly how bad that can go. <laughs> That's where mm -hmm. we are from as a nation. Those are our roots. But to mm -hmm. say, I mean, yeah, I don't find many, many parallels between different civil rights battles because oppression starts from different places. Even when it looks the same, direct comparisons are really hard to make. But there is this yeah. bridge that, grows between a lot of communities who find themselves under a boot heel and it's removal of your bodily autonomy. And yeah. trans people are in this flashpoint because the, it, the, when, when you hear someone making the issue, ew, yucky, 
Like right. that is gross and so easy to fight against. But what's really happening is that they're pushing for this legal right to control someone's bodily autonomy. And whenever that's happening, it's dangerous. 100%. Yeah. And yeah, using that shield of like, I'm, I'm just worried about the parents, man. Some parents, if they if they want to do that. And it's so disingenuous, again, because it's just about bringing in this world where they want to see America be a place where it's illegal to be gay or not Christian. And if you're not and if you aren't OK with that, it would that's also illegal. So you can either accept what the fuck is coming and get in line or you are will be designated an enemy basically and find yeah. yourself on the other Those side of these laws. godly and they're gay as everybody else they're all cornhole on each right. other it doesn't matter they don't have yeah. it's just a weird uh, it's a, it's i a wish i understood thing. a desire for power because it's not something i really understand it's not i don't kind of get it but i right. see it and it's fascinating and DeSantis yeah. is one of those people where I know he doesn't believe in what he's saying, so I need to look at what he's doing. And what he's doing is controlling people's freedom with mechanisms of government. And that right. is yeah. no good. Yeah. And it's not it's not policy. It's just po- it's just fascism. Fas- but really, yeah. but, but it's disguises fascism. policies. Yeah. It That's fascism. why like, <laughs> yeah. the, the idea that like people are like, it's so hypocritical. And I get that it is. But again, I feel like recently I've had to like turn a corner after reading a few threads from people, like it's not about them having a fucking intellectual, like besting somebody intellectually. They want one fucking thing, but they can't just say, I want this. Being gay is illegal because that will invite too much opposition. What they can do is, I believe parents should do this. This is a new policy to pop, blah, bleep, 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 bleep. And when people are like, hey, that's completely like opposite of what you said earlier. They don't give a fuck because it's not about you. It's not about consistency. It's about I want to do shit my way. And I want to yeah. say these people have no power. That's that end of period yeah. dot com. It's not about consistency. It's not about the kids. It's, if it was about the kids, they would have banned shit like medieval times years ago. Yeah, there'd be no video games. Zero video games. You know, I think medieval medieval times is a terrible thing to take kids to. You take them and go eat fucking turkey legs as big as they goddamn calf muscles and (laughs) fucking watch public executions on stage where we cheer and shit. Like, it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. I want to start that movement. Just outside Buena Park medieval <laughs> right. times, you're like, stop right. the no executions. Bar, no more executions. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Right. So, but, like, spare yeah. me. Spare me this where we care about the kids. Well, shit. this is like, the wild part, right? He says he cares about the kids. But we've seen him create an atmosphere that is, bec- again, it's, just to move on to the other subject that Ron DeSantis is going after, t- teachers. Um, before we start that, I just want to say again, if you are a teacher with like a wish list of of school supplies you need, please tweet it at me so I can retweet it and we can help. I've been retweeting people's wish lists, been trying to knock a few items off for people. I can't again stress how grateful I am if you are a fucking teacher in America right now because it is <laughs> so fucking hard because you are up against parents and administrations that have completely lost the plot. And the fact that you are there and resilient and continue to dedicate your life to educating people, to be empathetic people, I can't I can't honor you enough right now. So please send me your wish list. I, I, I do want to retweet them because I feel like Zeitgang has really come through and been very generous with other listeners who are teachers and having their items be purchased. So I just want to put that up top. I can't imagine how scary for any teacher that isn't a white Christian. I cannot imagine how scary the groomer dialogue no. is. No, can you? There's just how fast that spreads. How quick? How, and how easy it goes. Your entire thing. life, your entire profession. I. 
the obsession that being gay is all about who you want to fuck is so funny because is that i mean the world I mean, of love is so much bigger sex is a part of everybody's life it has very little to do with whether or not you're straight or gay or gay. Right. sex is a part of everybody's life whether or not you're straight or gay it's just yeah. an insane uh, it's wild. This and fantasy then, that gay people live their entire lives with their face buried in somebody else's junk is so funny to me. Right. I wear well, overhauls all the time. I've hauled more <laughs> straw than I have eaten out straw in the last couple months. And I'm not saying I'm doing good. I'm with a lovely lady for nine years. And we know what we're doing. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. And, and again, that's all part of dehumanizing people to make it seem like delinquency, that it's like, well, these aren't actually human. These are fuck machines that don't know yeah. up from down. And they're going to fucking, you don't want your kid to be in the path of that. Wait, never mind. Bullshit. I'm a huge fuck machine. That's all I do. Yeah. All I do is fuck all the time. I'm a massive fuck machine. I'm a Let's fuck get that. Machine. Isolate that audio. Yeah. <laughs> get okay, your sorry. kids away from me. Okay, this story so, is nuts. I didn't mean to jump in again because this story is wild. And I do. Yeah. I want to hear more about it. But what the teachers, the right? So teachers in Florida have already had it rough, you know, dealing with screaming parents. We saw it all through the fucking pandemic. QAnon freaks coming for them, getting doxxed, all kinds. Of, I mean, this isn't just Florida. This is a, this is across the nation. Um, but in Florida specifically, it's no surprise that the state is looking at thousands of vacancies as they head into the new school year because teachers are just like, yo, I can't. This is a fucked up environment. I do not. What the fuck? Because I read this book and now you're calling me a. CRT groomer? What the fuck are you talking about? So because of the vacancies, Ron DeSantis has a solution for this. He wants to replace people that have received, received, you know, training as educators with military veterans, because that's the let, let them lead the, the, the future. Now, uh, he recently signed a troops to teachers bill that says you can qualify for a temporary teacher certificate if you were in the military. So essentially, the state will now act like you know, four years of active duty military service will be the same as two years in college. So if you've got two years of college credits laying around, you can go take this test to get temporarily certified. And then you can go teach young children who are very uh, not behaved like they are in the military. And DeSantis has tried to make this case that being trained in like close quarters combat and asymmetric, you know, guerrilla warfare is somehow way better than someone who has like a child development spe like specification. But he's just like always kind of like doing this thing. It's like, no, nah, man, this is just as good. And I've had teachers that were veterans and they were great. But guess what? They wanted to teach. They didn't just kind of like be like, ah, wait, oh, I can use two years of this to get this other job. They were they were actually devoted educators. They happen to also be veterans. So I, it's, I have a hard time seeing how giving people an option to teach by changing the standards is a proper way to help schools and ultimately the students. But again, it's it's not about anything aside from, oh, you want to leave? Look how quickly I can get these other people to get in your spot. Like just sort of saying now what you want to do. And yeah. I think that's a very, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. But I, I hope that people that are, you know, entering those jobs have a, you know, a, a genuine desire to be patient to teach the kids because I know that shit is not easy. No, and I don't know that close quarters combat is the training that you need. <laughs> right. I, 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 I'm just, it's, you know, it's a it's a time to honor the veterans. I can't wait. I can't wait till a teacher, you know, has a classroom full of kids, and one kid pisses a certain teacher off, and he throat chops him in the fucking throat. Uh, and be like, that's right. what You're I, like, what that's what I got. This? That's what I came here for. Uh, I bet you these kids won't get out of line anymore. And all you're really just doing is you are devaluing 
what is special about education and devaluing what is special about the parental and, you know, child relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, because a teacher is a parental type relationship. Uh, obviously, they're not a parent, but it's oh, that yeah, but they're with their parental with the kids all type fucking relationship. Time. Yeah, yeah, and and you're and you are by doing things like not caring that kids are getting shot in school, uh, not empowering teachers by just saying, "Yo, we want people who are trained at this, but not this to teach our children." All you're doing is just telling them, you know, there's nothing special about you until you get to a certain age that you could probably fight for us and be on our side. Uh, and once you get there, then we want you. Then we care about you. But oh, yeah. until on the then, way there, on nah. the way there, we want to make sure you don't develop anything special about you <laughs> um, that could like lead you to like not vote for us in the future. It was a pipeline school, the military, but they just put a U bend in it. School right. military yeah. right back into school. I don't. Right. That's yeah. a weird cycle. And yeah, that that point. Uh, yeah, that's creepy. It's and it's, just this is and it's it's hard to watch, you know, just because by design, just systematically trying to c- undercut education constantly, constantly, constantly. Because many conservatives and business minded Democrats, they don't mind privatizing the educational system. I mean, mostly Republicans want to do that, but that helps completely take out a standardized level of education and what's taught to people, what's not taught to people. And you get more stuff where you're going to raise American kids who are like the civil war didn't even happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, that's crazy. Man. That's I gonna that all you have to do to educate is know the facts. Yeah. It, you know what you do when you study education is study how to educate. You have to know a bunch of other stuff. In addition, you need this other skill set. Yeah. And I don't know that, I don't know military training. Perhaps there's extensive curriculum in uh, communication, but I, I don't know that that's the case. And yeah, yeah. you said it. Vets could be like, there's nothing saying great teachers couldn't also be veterans, but uh, like yeah, funneling exactly. Exactly. talented veterans into this place where, you know, an opportunity is made available that's not ideal for their skill set when they aren't leaving with an incredibly valuable skill set, physics, engineering, right. all these complicated systems that you learn are that's incredible there's value in that knowledge to our society and i don't know that it's best applied in an in like in a, a honor split class yeah. i feel so insult like it feels rude to be like you can't do that and that isn't what i'm saying i'm no, saying that it might not be the best well, application. i think because more than anything if aside from what the capabilities are of mm-hmm. anyone who would want to teach, like I'd hope that the people that do apply, they actually want to, and they're yeah. ready for it and et cetera. And like, I mean, they'll go, they'll go beyond to get a permanent, you know, certification, whatever, but more the idea that Ron DeSantis is using this to say teachers are disposable because I don't care how many of y'all leave uh, in protest. I can replace you. You're replaceable. And this program may not even work. You know, like it, it could just be a signal to say like, Oh, you want to leave? Well, watch this. I can call in all these people and now suddenly they're qualified. That's what the conversation feels like. And I think that's what it it feels particularly unsettling for me because we constantly talk about how important teachers are, especially in the public education system. And scaring people like that out is only going to create a vacuum for wacky nonsense that is is just going to be harmful. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back and we'll just take a moment to laugh at Alex Jones, okay? This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. 
I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture Culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts 
that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Okay, I just, I got to come back around to the Alex Jones thing. Yesterday, like I said, at the time of the recording, we didn't have this video clip of Alex Jones realizing that his whole shit just got fucked up in court. And for those who didn't listen to yesterday's episode or aren't aware, Alex Jones is in the stand, I was taking the stand for his defamation case because he's been saying Sandy Hook was a false flag. Nothing happened. These are actors, crisis actors, et cetera. The parents are suing him. This is this is one of like three defamation tri- court like trials he has to face. He's being sued by the parents, obviously. He always says, oh, it's performance art. It's, you know, I'm not, I don't really mean what I say, et cetera, et cetera. And the case was looking up and down, uh, but mostly not great for Alex Jones as like the evidence was mounting against him. But then in this moment, the lawyer that's representing the Sandy Hook parents, this guy, Mark Bankston, he basically, I don't know, he's like, hey, man, I have all your texts because your lawyers sent them to me. And he's like, so I know you lied about never talking about Sandy Hook in your texts or your emails. And it's like this fucking it's wild. I'm gonna play the audio for you because it's it's pretty, pretty breathtaking. So you did get my text messages and it said you did. Nice trick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Mr. Jones. Indeed. (laughs) You did give this text message to me. You don't you don't know where this came from. Do you know where I got this? No. Mr. Jones. Did you know that 12 days ago, 12 days ago, look at his face. Your attorneys messed up and sent me an entire digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you've sent for the past two years. And when informed, did not take any steps to identify it as privileged or protected in any way. And as of two days ago, it fell free and clear into my possession. And that is how I know you lied to me when you said you didn't have text messages about saying anything. Look at him. Did you know that? I See, I told you the truth. This is your Perry Mason moment. I gave (laughs) them my phone. Mr. Jones, you need to answer the question. Did you know this happened? Anyway, so this goes on and Alex Jones is like, oh, uh, this is your Perry Mason moment. (laughs) Fucking cooked. Again, I just want to say you can't see it, but they pan over to Alex Jones's lawyer as the guy's like, yo, fam, your lawyer sent this to me. He's he's trying to act cool about it. He's like rubbing his lip with his index finger like, no, this is all good. This is all cool. No, we're good. I'm. This is no problem. What's also amazing, I love that you can hear the adrenaline in that lawyer's voice as he's telling, like, Alex Jones, like, do you know how I got these text messages? Like, it's like mm-hmm. he was waiting to fucking just dunk on this Drop motherfucker. Oh, since 10th grade mock trial, he's been ready. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm like, the last time I felt like an adrenaline rush like that, I feel like when I play Uno with my nieces and nephews, and like I'm, I'm like I'm just like stacking up a ridiculous hand, like so I'm just put stacking all wild draw fours, and then just fucking go out on them in three moves and watch their jaws drop. Yeah, that's the only that's the closest thing I could ever experience to what that man just did. Anyway, so the, everything everything about this is really really fucking <laughs> amazing. To be it's honest, it's funny. I want to see the fallout. I, I am interested in what the fallout of this specific part is going to be. I know. You know, some people are saying that he could drop his lawyers for malpractice or something like that. He's trying to go. He asked for a mistrial. His lawyers asked for a mistrial because of that. 
No. And it didn't happen. The The judge was like, no, nah, because I don't know if you heard, right? Mark Banks and how he says, like, yo, I got this 12 days ago. And he's like, and now it's not privileged or anything. I can I can use this now against you as evidence. And yeah. so what it turns out, what happened was one of the one of the fucking paralegals on Alex Jones team dropped a fucking file into a Dropbox folder that was meant meant for shared evidence between the between the plaintiffs and the defense and basically dropped it in the shared fucking evidence folder. Now, there is there like there are protections in the state of Texas for shit like that. Like there's like a 10 day period where you can reclaim the evidence and ask for it to be sealed and be like, that was errantly handed over. We can't actually have this, you know, they can't actually submit that. But when that time came and the, and the, the mistake was made, they just like basically told Mark Bankston, the lawyer for the, for the Sandy Hook families to just quote, please disregard that. That wasn't an official saying, that was privileged information that was errantly transmitted to you. I need to have it sealed based on this statute, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They just say, hey, please disregard. They were like, no, like we downloaded that shit. If you're not properly going to take the steps to protect that, then guess the fuck what? We are going to surprise motherfucker through in court. So that's exactly yeah. what happened. So I feel bad for that paralegal. No, I don't feel bad for that paralegal. If anything, <laughs> that paralegal helped a lot because now the January 6th committee they're like, hey, man, let me get that. Let me get those text messages really quick from you. And because if you remember, Alex Jones was, you know, in and around there quite a lot during January 6th. So, yeah, there could be a few. Who knows uh, what the ramifications are? I mean, we're, we're yet to see what the real ramifications are from the January 6th committee. But so the only thing I'll say is. I with all of this, the January 6th, this Alex Jones shit, all of it, man. White people know they get to stay in court for a long-ass time. Man. The longest motherfucker that stayed in court that was black was OJ, and that nigga still got, you know, was only on trial for, like, four or five months. Right. These motherfuckers have been in, on trial and getting dispositioned and meetings and shit for two, three, four, five years. Like, put these, do something, like, end this shit. Right. <laughs> well, they survived Damn. to go to trial, which seems yeah. like the less likely outcome in other circumstances. <laughs> Shit, yeah. if this was a bunch of black people, this trial would have been over in three hours. It, on the steps of the Capitol, it would have been yeah, over. Well, yeah, well, true. Yeah. It they wouldn't even got there. there. Yeah. Just like, damn, man. Like, you know these motherfuckers. Wild. You want to know something even more disgusting, right? So his lawyers were like, we need a mistrial. They're like, for that, this is your own. This You fucked, you self-owned. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? In the closing statement, his lawyer, like in trying to make Alex Jones seem you know, like a victim or someone that deserves their sympathy. He like recited that like Holocaust poem of like when they came for them, I said nothing. And then like when they came for me, no one was there. You know, like that, that like the poem about just sort of being able to speak up in the face of oppression and trying to paint Alex Jones as some kind of fucking freedom of speech, like revolutionary. Hmm. So I have a feeling that jury is pr hopefully will come back with a very swift verdict but who knows who knows a lot to unpack there but yeah you'd love to see those people fuck themselves up because you know that love in a way it. that's a light light reminder of universal karma right <laughs> i wish that. i could have i wish i could have been a fly on the wall when he went to the back with his lawyer's team like oh yeah team. Like, after finding that out man that he's like i'm done great. they got me mm -hmm. i don't know who he, <laughs> and he keeps saying he's like man if the judgment is more than two million dollars i'll be finished 
But then people also found out through those uh, that file that they errantly transmitted to them. They're like, uh, it said at one point you were making eight hundred thousand dollars a day on a good day. God damn. So miss me with this. I only got two million shit. Yeah, man. Hate hate pays. I I, I filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, you filed for bankruptcy. There's a big difference. You didn't. You're not bank. You just applied. That's like me saying, "Hey, man, I'm in Harvard." They're yeah. like, "Oh, you are." Well, I applied to Harvard. Okay, well, you're not in Harvard then. You applied. Yeah, but I might be in there. I don't know. Mm. Is the tactical bats a separate LLC? Because I'm going to say that the profits from the tactical bats uh, amass over two million alone. Right. Yeah. Seriously. <sighs> there's so much money in saying weird shit. Yeah. There's, there's just so much money. And look, if you have no moral scruples, there's an audience for some of that terrible, terrible shit. Like, clearly, I mean, 800K a day at, a, at certain stretches of, like, InfoWars popularity. Frontline did a pretty good special on Alex Jones called United States Conspiracy that I recommend if you need your Alex Jones primer. It goes back into his history a little bit. And Frontline is really good at not talking about elephants in the room, but put, the evidence always pushes you to this inevitable conclusion they're kind of quiet about huge issues sometimes where race is at the center of an enormous topic, but they don't really talk about it or women's rights are at the center of an enormous right. topic, but or you like still wind up in this place where it's like, Oh, this is intensely fucked up. They're really good at it. Uh, yeah. And the Alex Jones ones is it, it's pretty excellent because it's so easy to just be like, this dude is a fucking buffoon. Right. Right. And that's the elephant they leave out. They don't talk yeah. about how fucking dumb he is right. and how dumb all this shit people are saying that believe all this stuff are but right. they do a really effective job of sort of explaining how he got to this position and the position he is in now right and as someone who was like who is this cultural figure it was a helpful primer yeah. so it, it so, leaves out some important information about how stupid it all is but it is an excellent catch-up on how the hell alex jones became a national figure right and hawking nutraceuticals yes Get your nutraceuticals, folks. All right. Uh, well, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Zeitgeist. It's oh, always, always a pleasure. A pleasure. No, no, it's always a pleasure for us. It's always a pleasure for us. Where can people find you and follow you, support you? And what is a tweet that you've been liking? Um, people can find me and support me at guaranteeshirts.com. I have my website, Caitlin Go Comedy, but I'm doing more t-shirts than comedy these days. So yep. if you want to reach out to the old Caitlin Gill, Guarantee Shirts is the place. And again, yes. a discount for TDZ listeners. The code is all caps, all one word thing, TDZ10. will get you 10% off of your order. Nice. Just and put you some got... new ones up today. So I'm stoked <laughs> to have I, a I love your new design, which is like an apothecary's like sort of like floral diagram of yes. like different herbs. And you have it titled Millennial Medicare. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple. There's a crystals one as well for anybody into the gems. So, uh, all right, gem little, gang, little beautiful cynicism and a tweet that I've been enjoying lately. When asked, I always reach out to Zach Reinert or Zach Reinert Zero on Twitter. And uh, my recent fave is Dick Wolf is my father. Please call me Penis Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, P Good old Peen Coy. Pink Koi. What up, Pink Koi? What up, man. Thank you so much for helping me guest, host, co-host, oh, do know. all that. I always appreciate you, man. You know, you know. Where do they find you, follow you, and what's just some shit you want to follow out? Because fuck Twitter, it's all day. You know, know what? You know what? You can always find me in these streets. You know what I'm saying? One of these days, I'm going to get saved and sanctified, and you can find me <laughs> in the in the walls of church praising <laughs> Jesus. But until then, uh, find me in these streets. Find me at Jockey's Neal. On Instagram, Comedian Feud every month in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Tickets are going to be on sale for this August show very soon. I am 
currently filming two things. So things are busy right now. So I have not gotten the show together yet, but it's coming. It is coming. Uh, What else? What else? What else? What else? You know? Yeah. I got I got I got a little something. something. This is a video. It's like 35 seconds. So this is Jim Carrey playing El DeBarge for like a Soul Train like marathon. (laughs) And it is truly one of my favorite clips that I have forgotten about. And he's just singing the song. And it's just We'll play a couple seconds before uh, NBC Universal tries to do us. Straight from my heart. (laughs) Can I see one? The best part is... Oh, isn't it? Can I see one titty? Is that what he was saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, hit that, Jim. I just want to see one of your titties, girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim. Oh, He's got the Jim hair. Perry, I love man. the hair and the little the pencil must the, pin, the pencil mustache. Woo. Yes, so oh, it's on my stories. Uh, I guess depending on when you listen to this, it may be gone off my stories. Hey, act but, now, act yeah, fast. Just, go quick. Just, just, yeah. just listen. Just find it on YouTube. Jim Carrey, El Debarge, SNL is very theory, fucking funny. Okay, perfect, perfect. Let's see some tweets that I like. This is a tweet that I like. First tweet that I like is from uh, Bard and Bougie at Audra Laud a Laud of Mercy. <laughs> Audra Laud of Mercy. A U D R E tweeted. Originalism is astrology for people who feel bullied by the civil rights movement. But and I felt uh, that shit in my solar plexus. Ooh. Broke it in half. Wow. Originalism is astrology for people who feel bullied by the civil rights movement. Wow. That's fucking so succinct. Bard and Bougie love that. Uh, Sydney Battle at Sydney Battle tweeted, honor James Baldwin by falling into a depression and fleeing to Europe, but never questioning how talented you are. <laughs> that is, that's pretty good advice for sure. Uh, you can find me at Miles of Grey on Twitter and Instagram. You can check me out and Jack out on uh, Miles and Jack out Mad Boosties, our NBA podcast. If you like 90 Day Fiance, check me and Sophia Alexander out on 420 Day Fiance. Yeah. And, and this show I wonder too. who makes your t-shirts. I bet they oh, would love wanna... to make some t-shirts oh. for you. So if anybody wants some 420 day merch, uh, come yeah. on. What am I if thinking? You go, our merch is actually, for people who don't know, uh, K1s. If you a K1 and Zyking, I know there's overlap. Guarant t-shirts. That's where our t-shirts come from. And the we merch got, kitchen where I cook up tea. good designs. Oh, yeah. And look, if you, if also, if you need some merch design help, Caitlin is the one. The merch kitchen at gmail.com. Email merch me. kitchen oh, at gmail.com. Let me know. Hell Good yeah, designs, better. too. Fucking okay, real solid designs. Okay. And what else are they going to say? Oh, you can find us, uh, Daily Zeitgeist, on Twitter, at the uh, at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. Yep, that's what it is. We've got a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. 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 Wow, thank you both, the duo, where we post uh, all of our links to the articles we talked about, as well as the song we ride out on. What are we going to ride out on today? Uh, this Brazilian artist, Evinha. Uh, from Brazil, like, you know, maybe less known because most people think of like big name artists like Astrid Gilberto or Babel Gilberto or something like that or Sujor's, things like that. Evinha is a fantastic vocalist. This track is called Que Bandeira, B-A-N-D-E-I-R-A because it's Portuguese, okay? Remember that? Uh, and this is just a great track. Like, her voice is so bright and cheery and it's great, like, 
just again i like music that you can put on like in the morning and it just kind of brightens your day put this uh, and you spell avinia e-v-i-n-h-a okay that's gonna do it for us the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts check out the iHeartRadio app apple podcast wherever you get your podcast for free uh we'll see you later tell you what's trending all right later bye Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.